Okay, and we are live. Thank you so much, Nicole, for joining me here today. Today, we have one of the CSC presidents. Am I correct? Um, I am not a president. I am a director of education, but I've okay. been here for a long time, so <laughs> know a lot about the school. Awesome. So how were you first introduced to cannabis? Like me personally or to mm -hmm. the school? Oh, yeah. So, uh, well, I would have to say, you know, in high school, I was definitely um, engaged in uh, the cannabis realm, but it was so different back then. I mean, I'm a little bit older, so it was still like coming. I was born in uh, the early 70s, so we're just coming out of that 70s era when I was um, in high school. Uh, so yeah, it was around, it wasn't as talked about, it was still like kind of very much taboo. Um, and then it wasn't until college that I, um, I was a college athlete, I played soccer in college, so I had to be careful. Um, so it wasn't until after I quit soccer that I really kind of engaged in cannabis. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, I never really enjoyed smoking it all that much. Um, I'm more an edible person, I figured out over the years. Um, but I know a lot of people that really enjoy cannabis, so I've been around it for a long time. Um, and then we really took off my experience with cannabis um, through my son. He um, unfortunately has an autoimmune disease and he's an asthmatic and has allergies. And he really um, was kind of a sick kid. Uh, so he's been on many pharmaceutical medicines, had pneumonia many times. Um, was diagnosed with ADHD. And then in high school, the real punchline came when he was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And that really uh, was pretty scary and took a big toll on his quality of life. Um, and he probably had been living with it for a long time. It wasn't until he had like blood in his stool that he, um, he's a pretty tough kid. So he, we oh kind of, uh, he waited a week. Um, but anyway, so that was a game changer. Um, uh, but we were always trying to alter his diet. And then we had started using CBD and that was like kind of the same time I started getting involved with the school. So it was like educate, you know, educating myself. And then I got into the role of, you know, teaching about the ECS and I, you know, so then it was just like, we have to get your medical card. And, um, he hasn't looked back. He's 22 now. He's a, you know, medical card holder. Um, and he's off of all his pharmaceutical medicines. He just takes a biological, his Remicade every six to eight weeks. Um, but he doesn't take asthma any, any medicine anymore. He doesn't take allergy medicine. So it's really, his quality of life is just through the roof. Like he would, you know, when being a football player, he would, um, he'd have to gain weight, you know, and then he'd get really sick and he'd drop like 30 pounds. It was so ridiculous. So his, just that up, that yin yang was really frustrating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I witnessed it, you know, firsthand uh, how well cannabis, uh, you know, really works as a medicine. And, and then just the whole experience of trying to get people to believe this is a legit medicine is, is a battle. I mean, with mm -hmm. friends, family, and, and doctors, like we never told his entrenologist until like he came like completely back with a clean colon. And, and we, I was like, we should tell him. And then it was like, I think two more visits. And then my son, I wasn't there. My son was like, hey, I told him. And he was like, okay, good. I heard good things. And that was, that was the end of their conversation. So it was kind of like, what yeah because sometimes uh, the doctors can be really harsh about that kind of thing yeah so it's just kind of like he wasn't going to say anything bad anybody but he just yeah, I've, heard, I've read good things um 
so it was just you know and then still like just even with like family like they're you know our house smells of cannabis um and then i have two younger daughters so it's always like okay run the cannabis upstairs you know and you know just so it was hard because we didn't know how other people would take it or perceive perceive it as well and then mm -hmm. having two younger daughters um it was you know always a challenge um and then just even getting a job like he had an internship a really good opportunity and so we're, he's always been really brutally honest and they're like, okay, yeah, we'll work with you. We'll work with you. And then when push came to shove, it was like, yeah, we can't make an exception for you. Hmm. You still have to pass a drug test. And then that really sent us into a moral dilemma um, of what to do. And yeah. he's like, I just can't not use cannabis for 30 days. Like I will be miserable. And why should I have to, you know, like I can take all these other medicines and they don't care. Yeah. Um, that's so. really the problem with it. And you know, something else that you made me think of is you can go on an airplane and you can bring your prescription for like birth control or ibuprofen, right? But you right. cannot bring cannabis. So we really need to change that. And I think it's just going to come with time with it becoming right. criminalized. Right. Yeah. You could carry your opioids. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah. So that's been like, like the things that we didn't think about. Um, and just being a college athlete too, like, thank goodness he went to a pretty liberal school and they were like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll work with you on this. Um, and they were awesome about it. So as long as he had, he went to school in a different state and he, as long as he had his medical card, they're like, we, we, you know, we won't give you any issue. And they saw firsthand how sick he was because it was mm -hmm. a smaller school because he came that his freshman year, like literally he was just coming out of the hospital, but he didn't want to miss, you know, the beginning of football season. So he mm -hmm. came and just stood on the sideline and watched. Um, anyways. So is that really what started you off in the cannabis industry as like a career? Yes. So I'm an educator um, by trade. Like that's my profession. Um, a high, I'm a certified Ohio high school comprehensive science teacher. Okay. So seven through 12. And then I have my master's in curriculum and instruction writing. So that's why I was brought into the school was to help write the endocannabinoid system curriculum. So okay. I was one of the um, main contributors to the ECS class. Um, and then I ended up uh, teaching the ECS and just led to other classes and then eventually led to the role of director of education. So I get to, I, you know, get to read and go through all the slides of all the classes and just make sure that, you know, we have the best education and then, you know, in real time. So I love okay. it. Like, it's like the, my, all my realms came together. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really, it's really fascinating. So when you signed up with CSC, was that originally what you were planning on doing? Like, did you hope for that role or like, how exactly were you introduced to it? So it was funny. Um, so I, just because I was the probably, I was the only like um, teacher that came from the education realm. So everybody else was in the canna cannabis realm. Well, I came, you know, I'm a certified teacher mm -hmm. who had taught in school systems. So like, I was like, oh, this is how it's done in, you know, the academic realm. And so they were just like, oh, okay. You know, like, so they were, it was such a brand new school. Um, and everybody was in the cannabis realm that I was able to really um, help bring the, a lot of that academic realm in um, on the ground, you know, mm -hmm. like our president, he's been, he's obviously in academic realm. Um, 
but I was, you know, on the, on the ground, you know, uh, in the trenches, you know, really kind of giving some guidance um, and just how it's like, you know, they were close, but I'm like, just do this and this will help be a lot better. So I just started teaching more, becoming more involved. And then when um, this position opened, it was like the perfect fit. So, cause I love teaching and I've been a teacher and coach for the last 30 years. And it just is, a, so I love working with people and facilitating with all our faculty and just working with them. So it's just been really, and I'm really passionate about education in general. And then now with cannabis and just how it's just been ostracized and the evil THC and it's just so silly and can be really infuriating too. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, it needs to get out there and it just, um, you know, I'm just so sick of the school. Be oh, you guys just smoke pot all day. I'm like, not even close. Oh. Like, not even close. It's a real school. Like, you probably would struggle. You know, <laughs> like, you these are our textbooks. You know, these is, this is what we really do. Like, stop minimizing it just because you don't understand it or you're ignorant towards what we do. So, yeah. And it's funny because I'm actually getting all A's at my Wabansi classes and I just got two B's the last two semesters. So it's like, it's not easy. (laughs) (laughs) It is, but (laughs) right. Like the ECS class is hard. Like I, the first couple of times I I was teaching it, people's heads were spinning and it's just basic biology, really. Like if you had biology in high school, you should be, but a lot of people haven't, you know, gone back to that um, or spent 10 years or they didn't do well in it, or they had no interest in it at the time. Mm -hmm. So it's like relearning that. And then you get into the ECS and the ECS is so complicated. Um, It's yeah. And it's working with every system in your body. So it's just, you could just spend so much time on, you know, trying to fully comprehend the ECS and then all the research out there. And then this science that goes along with just growing cannabis, um, you know, all the different ways you can grow cannabis. And then you throw in all the different, you know, strains or chemovars and it's like, oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> there's so and much to be learned. There's only six weeks for the term, you know, I right, was actually right. <laughs> wondering if you guys are planning on making it a little bit longer just because it's so much and so much time, you know? Right. So it's funny. So we've come full circle. When I first started teaching here, it was this setup. So it was six weeks, two hours each class. Then we expanded it out to eight, uh, to eight weeks. And then it was an hour and a half like on Tuesday, Thursdays, and then Monday, Wednesday, Fridays were our classes. So we put the harder classes on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, so they'd just be an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really, like people, then that was out of that demand, like you were saying, but then it became too long for people to pass, you know, to get their certification. So then they wanted to, you know, to make it a shorter time period and then just offer it um, every eight weeks. So before it was every 12 weeks. So you only got four terms in. So now with this setup, you can get six terms in. And so people can get through the certification process at a faster rate um, and get into that industry, which a lot of people want, you know, they'd rather um, just have a, that shorter time span than, you know, a longer one, but it is intense. Like you said, like two hour lectures, all of a sudden three weeks you're at midterms. And then, you know, it's like, I, as an instructor, I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys, next week is midterm week. You know, it's like crazy or yeah. like, yeah. and just having that two week break, like it's a lot just to get it up and running again from a faculty position. So, yeah. So is there any room for growth in terms of keeping the way the system is right now and then 
possibly adding on classes to where you can take a little bit longer of a time and really go more in depth with the learning? So, I mean, you can uh, choose your pace. So um, you can take, you know, I have, there's one student that he just does one class because he works full time. So he just does one class um, per term and he's just taking his time. And he said, that's just what he needs to do. Um, and then you have the flip side, people that just go full time and they're just busting it out. You know, like I'm gonna take this time off of work or this is the time I'm gonna allow and I'm just gonna grind it out. So we have two extremes. Um, we used to offer condensed classes on the weekends, but um, we've now pulled back on that and are offering more, trying to give the online portions, you know, trying to get them more at night for people that can take it at night and give people their weekends back. Um, we, we are thinking about maybe possibly bringing in like a Saturday class, like a four hour class, like every Saturday for six weeks. Um, if for that person that, you know, works, just can't do it during the weekday. So yeah, we're, we're I mean, there was a lot of blessings that came out of COVID because our online classes are just they're just doing really well with, mm -hmm. you know, we have the live teacher, we have a great uh, system in Populi. It's just been running real smooth. And I think a lot of students, you know, we're forced to learn how to navigate the online because that's, those are only options. So that fear of the unknown has been removed. And um, as you know, right now, Zoom is doing really well. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, they have I, a lot of good features, right? Oh yeah, I love your guys' classes because you get 48 hours to watch the recording again. And the yeah. one thing that I really need for my learning is that I need to have everything printed out in front of me. And then I'm able to take notes right on it. So that way I like, I'm listening to the lecture. I'm making sure I'm not writing down what's already on the slide. And then I'll like add the little gold nuggets that the teachers say. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, the, that's a really good, yeah. From an education, I love it. That's a great learning style. Like it's just really, cause you've got the multi-sensory going on. So I, I think that's really really great way to learn i like it and that is true like the whole multi-sensor you have the slides you know you hear you're hearing it you, you're and then you're writing notes down so that's awesome and it's been really a struggle to i think for all college students since COVID has happened to really learn <clears throat> online and so what is your opinion do you think it's better to take the online classes with csc or to really go in and to have the on the hands-on learning yeah so um, I have this debate every day in my head, like, cause I'm a people person. So I am missing the students here so bad because, um, it's so quiet here. And it's like, I used to always have people like lounging in, you know, this, the classroom right here, cause we do most of the education upstairs. So I just miss having students here because there's so much learning going on just when, with the dialogue between students, um, just in a lot of networking. Hey, did you hear about this? And so even though they're not in the classroom, they're still learning from each other and then they're sharing information. And I, I just, just think that's awesome. Like I can't remember, I went from a high school setting where you're like begging the students to like learn, you know, mm -hmm. like, I'd be like, why do I need this? You know, and here it's just the opposite. Like they're like so hungry for the knowledge. They're so wanting to, to be part of it. Um, and they just want to connect with everybody um, that's in their class. And so we used to just have some great events on Friday, um, you know, we'd bring in guest speakers and it was just a social hour and, and it was just, just that community was awesome. So hopefully with COVID, you know, like that was one mm -hmm. of the things um, 
that, you know, I miss. <laughs> so with the social hours that you'd have on Friday, is that what turned into the green hour that happens every Friday? Correct. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So the green hour kind of evolved. Um, and it's great because now we can get any anybody from anywhere to, to be our guest speaker. So it really opened up that whole panel of, you know, talking to somebody in California or Colorado or New Jersey or, or where they may be. So it really, you can get the whole, um, so that I think we'll probably always keep that in some um, form. And then just adding that to our curriculum, because before it was optional, um, but we thought it was so valuable after we did like, you know, three to six months we're like we need to you know put this in our curriculum mm -hmm. and it's really been a great addition because sometimes you know we're all that way unless you're forced to really do something sometimes you don't do it and now like our students do it they're like that was such a great one or I learned so much or like um being you know being mandatory makes people really get in <laughs> yeah. doing it which is it's another learning tool right you're hearing somebody else in the industry Mm -hmm. And they, I've loved them. I've learned so much. And just to hear people's stories, that cannabis story, like, how did you get here? Um, one of the best ones where we was Charlie Lynch, uh, the gentleman who was, you know, arrested and, um, you know, still on house arrest, like 15 years later. And just yep. his story is, it's just dumbfounding. Um, but anyways, uh, but yeah. Yeah. It's really tragic that he, was told that it's okay to have his dispensary and then the federal government still before the Ron Bacher, the Ron Bacher Act was enacted in Congress to help save uh, dispensaries from becoming raided. It's a tragedy that he was affected by that. And now yeah. he has to live with that years later where he's still, isn't he still fighting it? He's still going to yeah. court. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. still in litigation. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that was like a, we connect, you know, just to connect with somebody like, to, to hear his story and then that documentary because we showed it in the classroom as part of our law and policy and so it's just what like really connected a person with that story you know and just his hardship you know and, and just how real it is it's mm -hmm. real it's really real um yeah and just people's journeys uh of where they are today um so yeah it, it's just been i just the most fascinating um experience and I currently am part of uh, Ohio Medical Marijuana Physicians Association okay. so I've been connecting um, through the school um, where the, the school is corporate um, members so it's just really fascinating now to hear from medical um, recommending doctors and it, it's everybody has their own little journey and story so um, I love that I get to be privy into all these different walks yeah um, so it's really cool it's been a With great great job with the medical association, do you find that doctors are more willing to accept cannabis as a medicine or are they more reluctant? Um, so all the recommending doctors, yes, like they're, they're wanting to, but they, their education is lacking, not for all, but for some. So they, they know it's coming, but they're the, the education aspect, especially, especially for continuing medical education uh, hours they need to get. So that's been really, you know, what's needed to be included. They're out there, but they just need to get more specific to the doctors. Mm -hmm. So they're very generalized right now. Like basically, you know, it's just not geared specifically to doctors yet. Um, and a lot of them don't know where to look for the research and for just general educations. We actually had a doctor come to our medical comprehensive um, 
certification and she just was like i just don't know where to get information you know credible information on cannabis and so i was like oh and i just start giving her all these books like read this book read this book read this book and she just was you know she didn't have any personal experience with cannabis so she was just coming to educate and like she was awesome like i just want to learn like i know what i hear but i don't have any firsthand experience and i don't know where what are the correct resources because there is a lot that you don't yeah do you think it should be recommended or required for uh, medical students to go to, like, say, the Cleveland School of Cannabis and learn about cannabis as a medicine? Or um, do you see yourself having a future with helping the medical association with adding into their curriculum um, education about cannabis? Yes. So I believe the Cleveland School of Cannabis could really fill um, a void for those continuing medical education classes. So we're currently going to start working on that um, with uh, UMPA, which is the Ohio Medical Marijuana Physicians Association. Um, yeah, to get the because they have to get those um, CMEs. And so if we can get in there, we can give really good education. Um, yeah, and, and the Cleveland School of Cannabis is looking as well um, into Department of Health, like being the educator, you know, for the Department of Health, maybe getting into um, the police force, into schools, because the schools all need to be educated as well. Um, okay. So there's a lot of avenues, because once, especially once it's descheduled, um, it, just like every medicine, people need to understand it and what it looks like. And um, that just takes away the fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. And and it also removes that um, terrible um, negative stigma that negative, we've had since yeah, the 1930s. Say, right, I was gonna try to put it nicer, but yeah, it is just negative. And yeah, even my son, like, I just remember when he was little, he was in the D.A.R.E. program and he came home and he was on all these meds and he's like, they were telling me drugs are bad, mom, you know, and I think he was about, you know, he's like third or fourth grade and he was just like so distraught and but I take so many drugs and I'm like, oh my gosh, drugs are neither good nor bad, honey, like it's all how you use them. So mm -hmm. like, just, just, just erase everything you just learned <laughs> um, for the most part. So yeah, I mean, it's, I believe in the power of education. So that is definitely something the CSC is definitely looking into doing for sure. Okay. So is it just in the state of Ohio or are you guys looking for nationally? Yes. Yeah, so we're definitely going the national realm. Okay. Um, so there's just a lot of stuff going behind the scenes, but I, I really can't disclose right now. Okay. But yeah, okay. definitely um, involved in other states for sure. And we have students now that are all over um, the United States. And that, that's another aspect of the online pl platform is that we're hitting, you know, we can now connect with people all over the country and in other countries as well. Yeah, so because cool. you guys are online, so yeah. you can have it go anywhere. That's awesome. Yeah, and then we can also bring instructors that, you know, are like one of our teachers, uh, Danny McQuiston, he lives in California. Um, we have another instructor who lives, uh, our uh, cooking teacher, you know, she lives in the DC area. So, uh, you know, we just can now that opens up a no, whole nother avenue of faculty. So it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So were you part of the original idea of CSC or 
did you come in after that? I came in after. Um, okay. So the original, um, Austin Briggs is the um, the um, the originator. <laughs> it was his idea. Um, he was a, a cannabis uh, enthusiast. And so he ended up going out to California. And while he was working out there, he was like, I, I need to learn more. I need to learn more. And so he kept trying to find places to learn about cannabis. Like, how does it work? You know, and he couldn't find anything. He was like, this is so weird. So he went to Kent and um, he was a business or entrepreneur but anyway, so when he got back to Cleveland, he wanted to start a school. He's like, is there a niche out there for it? So he was flipping houses and then he was able to get money. And they just started like with these weekend classes, like, hey, we're just going to have these. And so many people showed up, they couldn't believe it. And so it grew out of demand. And so it just kept evolving, evolving, and evolving. And then eventually he met Tyrone Russell, our president, and Kevin Green, our vice president. And uh, Tyrone is in the uh, college academic realm, and or was at the time. And so they kind of just connected and had this great connection. And then it just really has evolved. And that's how Tyrone ended up because Austin was our first president and then Tyrone is now. Um, and he's been the, the Tyrone and Kevin are navigating the ship. Um, so yeah, it's really, it's crazy because when I first came, um, my interview was in this tiny office with a copy machine, one desk. I sat like in a corner, like on this plastic chair for my interview. And now, you know, we have two uh, full classrooms. We have like three different you know uh, offices uh, so we own three parts of the building and it's just really evolved uh, we have a grow room now so we have that all set up um, we're not growing hemp or, uh yet but um you know we're just have it set up like it, you, you would grow um cannabis uh so it's just you know a good visual hands-on we're just growing you know herbs and uh, other vegetables and stuff so okay but just dealing with the soil and that kind of stuff. So we're really trying to introduce, you know, hands-on. Um, we're doing some cloning and uh, we're going to start a worm farm this term and just kind of start composting and, you know, anything we can really put our, get our hands on. And, and with COVID lifting now, we're starting to do field trips. So we just recently did a field trip to a Chagrin Valley Hemp Company that is a hemp processing company and just doing extraction, saw the hemp flower, some cryo trim. Um, so yeah, just another way to visually um, see what you're learning about in a book. So it gives you that, oh, this is how it's done. Or these are the machines that, you know, the rosin press and get to, you know, witness how that works and that stuff. So it's been really kind of cool. So would you guys ever plan on having a day where students who are maybe online who could travel out to CSE, would you be open to the idea of like kind of walking them through the school and like showing them everything they learned about to kind of like have a hands-on day? Just because like, I know like with learning everything, like it's just the theory right now because mm -hmm. I don't have anything to play with. Right, right. So we have been talking about that. Um, right now we're still under COVID restrictions and that's kind of like what the, that, we used to have, it was called Wake, Bake, and Educate. And it was, we brought in, we like, um, one of our teachers, Max, like we have a grow tent. So we broke it down and then we showed how to build a grow tent. Um, we did a light demonstration. We had our cooking teacher come in and make 
I forget what she made that day, but yeah, we could just do that. Like if you're not, you never got a chance to take the cooking class, you can learn how to make gummies or you can learn how to make, we just uh, made gummies and popsicles and cooking in it. So yeah, you can come. So we're going to bring that back for sure. Um, once the numbers, you know, we don't have to worry about, um, cause mm -hmm. right now we can only fit 15 people in a classroom. Um, but yeah, definitely are going to start doing more of that. Like, um, those activities like, hey, today, if you guys can come in, we're going to do this. Um, we're going to plant some, you know, whatever. Um, we're going to do some cloning. We're going to practice trimming. Um, yeah, because we have all that stuff. It's just um, that silly COVID thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, we had a great speaker. I was just talking about him. He is a patent attorney. So he came in and just talking, you know, because we have a lot of students that are interested in starting their own business and have great ideas. And you know, you're just so he was awesome. Like he worked with some big industry, but just talking about like Coca Cola and KFC and how all the stuff that they have patent like Tiffany, like color of Tiffany, how that colors patent and, you know, just different things. I mean, just stuff you don't think about if you're you know, really green to business mm -hmm. in general, let alone, you know, starting your own cannabis uh, business. Because a lot of our, of our students want to do that. They want to be independent owners or start something, you know, small. And there's a and lot I, of the big learning curve, right? Oh, yeah. I think it's the right time to do it too, just because the industry is just starting off and we're in, in our infancy still. So it's like, yes, there's a lot of dispensaries out there already, but what about the states that don't have dispensaries yet? You know, you could go out there or you can start a consumption lounge because there's not many of those, you know? Right, so there's yeah. just so much opportunity that it's like, I mean, even the things you don't think of that you could get a job right. in cannabis with, you can. Oh my gosh, totally. So like, just even like storage or drying, like so many of the farmers, um, like for, especially for hemp, like they didn't realize they need all these, this storage where they can dry their hemp, you know, like a lot of people in Kentucky already had them because they were tobacco farmers. So they already had these old barns that had great ventilation and they just replaced the tobacco with hemp. So yeah, that's there. And just our transportation, someone to drive your stuff, like just getting stuff from A to B, like that can get really expensive. And so um, just salespeople, um, administration people, someone to organize, someone to, you know, there's so like every business that, you know, is out there, cannabis needs the same stuff. So it's just like people, I think, forget that. Oh, it's just cannabis. Well, no, you need someone to, you know, clean after you and all, you know, all that stuff. So there's a, there's going to be a high demand for all little aspects of the cannabis auxiliary businesses, as they call them. So do you called. think that um, the CSC, the education, do you think that should be required before going into the cannabis industry? Because they have all these revenues, but like, do you really think it's necessary? Definitely for dispensary, definitely for cultivation, definitely for any type of patient caregiving. Um, yeah, I mean, if you, if you want to be on the, the higher enchilant, yes, you need to have a cannabis um, education. Um, because it's not one of those things you can just learn on the fly. I mean, processing you can, but if you don't really understand what you're doing, then, you know, it's, you can make these products, but then how do you like, sell it to people mm -hmm. and so like a lot of sales is the education of cannabis like if i can explain you or convince to you like you should buy this product because of abc um you're gonna have to do that with your cannabis knowledge 
So even like sales, like any salesperson, you got to learn that product inside and out. And so if you already come educated, um, if you already go to a dispensary, understanding terpenes and cannabinoids and how the ECS work, you're going to be able to work with your customers slash patient um, much easier and much more efficiently. And then at the end of the day, make the sale that you're the owners want, right? <laughs> so how is CSE different than other cannabis education? And is there a lot of cannabis education out there? So, um, uh, which I, I'll answer first. Yes, there is a lot of cannabis education out there. Um, majority of it's online. Um, majority of it is more the module. So it's not live education like, you know, we have. So that's the big difference. Like you read um, or it's recorded. And so you can't really engage with the instructor. Um, you know, there is some pros to that. You know, you can do it at your own time. But once again, you're not networking with anybody. You're not even networking with the instructor. And if you really get stumped or you want something clarified, um, you can't. So there is a lot of education out there. Um, the big difference with the Cleveland School of Cannabis is that we actually have a career service department that is very integral in your education. So you have to take what we call, um, we just we just created this. So um, this is the, one of our little babies that we just uh, did a couple, like what, four or five months ago. But so we created um, a career service workshop that every student has to take to graduate. And so it's work at your own pace. It's all in our populi system. And so you literally will learn how to write a resume a cover letter. You do a mock interview, so you record yourself. Um, here's a list of questions that we give you and you have to provide so you can, you know, practice on what you'd wear, how, you, you know, mannerism is so important, eye contact, um, all the good stuff. So they, they give you YouTubes to watch. Um, so they really hold your hand through this, this workshop, hold your hand through. And then once you complete the workshop, then you actually will meet one-on-one -on -one with our career service person and um, whether in your Columbus or uh, Cleveland branch. So it's just, you're so prepared before you even get that first interview. It's really been a, a really good asset to the school. So we don't just say, hey, you learned all this, good luck, go get your job. We really help you um, connect. And then another really amazing part of the school is that we are connected with so many industry leaders and not just only in Ohio, um, because remember you got Green Thumb Industry. I mean, they're everywhere. You got Cureleaf, they're everywhere. We have a lot of people that worked at the Cleveland School of Cannabis that are now working for Cureleaf. That same thing with like um, Rice, which is part of um, Green Thumb Industry. So we have a lot of really good connections in the industry and they come to us like, oh my God, we need, you know, we need this for our um, dispensary. We need this for our cultivation. We need this and this. And, and now we're even getting hemp companies that are coming into us. At, they want because they know we they get educated students they know that we, we've trained them to be reliable and then they have good communication skills because we work on that so um, that is the biggest difference um, and then all our instructors like if you need any help or even myself the director of education in Columbus Lisa Zerner like we'll help you in any which way you need uh, and we're always, and individually, we have a lot of people that have connections too. So 
Um, I just had a student come in yesterday and she's like, I'm working with this guy, but I want to get connected with this other company. And it's like, oh yeah, we'll make the introductions here at Cleveland School. And she was a graduate from like, you know, six months ago. So we're, our door is always open um, and the other schools don't provide that at all. You literally, literally get your certificate and that's, that's it. And you never talk to a live person. It's just, um, so you know, maybe the education part might be pretty good, but you just don't get that um, individual attention that a lot of people need just to mm -hmm. get to that point where I, hey, I have an interview tomorrow. What do I wear? Or I don't, you know, like, I don't know what to do. How do I prepare? And that kind of stuff. So we help you not only educate you, but to be successful in that interview, because sometimes people have the education, but that interview success rate is very low for them, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I wanted to ask, and I think I already know the answer to this, even though you might be biased because you work at the Cleveland School of Cannabis, do you really firmly believe that this school offers a greater education than anything out there today for uh, cannabis? Uh, yes, I firmly believe that because I the passion and the energy the faculty brings to the classroom is I've never seen it before. I mean, they, they breathe the cannabis industry. They're all like dripping because they're so they live it and walk it and talk it every day. So they're, they're not just, you know, regurgitating information. They have real experience. Um, they're either, you know, a business part business owner or they work at a dispensary or they work in a business that you know so they have real life experience like oh my god this just happened today um so it is just real knowledge in real time like these are hiccups that you're going to encounter um so it goes a long way and they will meet with you at any time like i you know students are emailing me or you know they we're just our door. We have such an open door policy. I think it's just bars none to any other because we have the most amazing faculty and they love being here too, you know, and they love the students and um, it's just really uh, a great uh, relationship. Yeah. I love how helpful everyone is. Honestly, my teachers are just always with a smile on their face and trying to get their students to laugh and make sure they're paying attention and not right, falling right. asleep, you know, right. with yeah, online classes, it's hard. <laughs> and some of the material is dense, like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? You got to understand it and, and put your paces in. Um, but yeah, they do. They do. And they love talking about it too. So I, I just think from that perspective and it's it's not recorded, like, you know what I mean? Um, so I know sometimes you have to watch that recording because of work schedules or family schedules, um, but if you need that, you know, interaction, you can, you can get it. Um, and then we can, you know, the, I think a, the other really awesome thing about our curriculum is that for majority of our classes, you have to do, um, a, a project. And so with that, the reason why we do that is because that's an application of your knowledge. That's the highest level of um, learning. And so that's where you really, it becomes concrete or solidified in your brain versus just, you know, you do have to take your tests, but that's just some of those questions are just, you know, listing or identifying them, which is a lower level of learning. So when you look at you know, that level of learning application is the highest level. And so when you're doing these projects and having to create PowerPoints and give your presentation, 
that that information is sticking in your head and you've now learned it you, you know and it's you're going to be able to just talk about it without checking notes or you know it's just going to be your common knowledge and that is so powerful when you get into um, the business and that's what our employees really love is like oh they really know what they're talking about you know they don't need cheat sheets they don't need to you know go back and look things up they, they have that that common knowledge now so mm -hmm. i love that about like i love listening to like our dang tanks and cco has a huge project that brings together like hordes and cultivation and it just like you create you know this whole site where you're going to grow your cannabis and how it's all going to work and you know all the um all the ad administration codes and and just everything so it kind of like comes all together and the same thing like with the medical part because that's where my um but at the end, you know, you do patient nav and you gonna, you know, you have to go through and, you know, do mock like you're selling to a patient, you know, so you do these mock interviews, even dispensary does mock, uh, you know, selling like you, that we bring in people from dispensaries and you pretend to be, you know, selling somebody or you working at the dispensary. So we do a lot of, you know, role playing, which mm -hmm. is fun too, right? So you're not only learning, but it's fun. So mm -hmm. that, that engagement I think is awesome. Um, and then even in law and policy, you have to come and do this whole presentation, which is really, you learn a lot. It sticks with you too. So is the Cleveland School of Cannabis accredited? So we are state accredited and, and um, we're the only one west of, what is it? Uh, like the east of Colorado, yeah. So, we are working on our national accreditation and that will um, allow us also to start to get financial um, federal uh, funding. So currently right now we have a loan set up for funding, but um, you know, for payment, but eventually once we get our national accreditation, we can also get financial um, help or relief for people that, you know, would like to go to school here, but unfortunately it's, they just can't afford it right now. Mm -hmm. But we've currently added a loan program, which has really, really been helpful for a lot of our students as well. And then we have a very low interest um, that uh, you can pay. I'm not super familiar with it all, but I know uh, from the financials that that's a, a big way to go too. Okay. Um, and then we, I think one of the other things that's amazing is um, the graduates really start to connect and, you know, talk, hey, they're, they're hiring here. So there's a good network. Um, you've done a great job just connecting everybody as well. So you started that alumni slash, you know, school group. Mm -hmm. um, start yourself so, up, right? Yeah, start, thank you. I was drunk. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, <laughs> no, pull, you're fine. I couldn't pull it. Um, but yeah, so that's awesome because it, we were trying to start something and then COVID hit and it just, kind of felt you know unfortunately so many things going on mm -hmm. i don't have my own headset i had to borrow one i left mine at home they keep sliding off so oh. <laughs> sorry about that You're um, fine. but yeah so i mean you guys are doing some really amazing work there because you know it's just another facet of the school another arm or branch you could say mm -hmm. so i love that um and once again that passion's there and and um you know, we used to go out and get people registered to vote and, you know, get them on the ballot. So then we can make that um, legislation change that we really need to continue to work on. Yeah. So, cool. so what is the plan for the future of CSC? Like, say the next five to 10 years? 
Oh boy. So I guess the first step is to get that national accreditation. So we've been working very hard behind the scenes, just creating um, procedures and policies and just getting all our ducks in the row. How, you know, you got to be able to document everything. So that's just, we're, remember, we just started in 2017. So we're going to be, you know, we're still pretty new. Um, so we're, that's our first step is getting that accreditation. And then the next one is just, you know, continuing our national span. So working on getting our name brand into all the states. Um, and that's being really accomplished right now through our online platform and just expanding our faculty um, with, the, you know, getting more people from different states and just getting also into one of the big things that the Cleveland School of Cannabis does want to do is making the, the standard. So if you think back to high school, there's all these general standards like for biology if i every school has to follow the state standards well there aren't any standards for cannabis education like zero zilch like so there's any school can start up and say oh well, we're a cannabis school but there's no standard to follow so if i go to a job and say oh i have a certificate a cannabis certificate well, what does that mean there's no standard but if i came to you and say hey i was a biology major well, I know that you took these core classes because every person who's a biology major, no matter what school you go to, you got to take those classes. Well, we don't have that in the cannabis industry. So we're, the, the Cleveland School of Cannabis is trying to organize, organize all the cannabis educators so we can create that standard. So it's done by cannabis people and not um, you know, people from academia who think they can come in and say, hey, we're going to standardize cannabis education, even though we don't know anything about cannabis. Mm -hmm. So that that's one of the big roles uh, Cleveland School of Cannabis wants to fulfill is creating that standard education of what does a cannabis, cannabis standards look like? What does every person that's in the cannabis industry have to know to be, you know, successful? And that's right now, where things are starting to evolve because you do see colleges and universities adding cannabis to the curriculum. Mm -hmm. Now it's more from like a chemical perspective or cultivation. Um, and, and they're usually, you know, I mean, they're all minors. So there's no major core right now, but it's coming, you know, it, it, mm -hmm. it's coming and who's going to create that standard. We want it to be cannabis people, not academic, you know, nothing against yeah. The, the world of academia, but um, we want it to be done by the cannabis true educators. So that that's one of the big roles the Cleveland School of Cannabis is, you know, really working on right now. So there's a, you, so much going on behind the scenes. So. Oh yeah, I bet. It's like, I just see what's going on in the classroom every day and you guys are out there trying to innovate for the future and really make a difference. And, you know, I just wanted to know, like, when you have all of those different people that are in different states that are on the online platform, although they can go in, like you said earlier, and like have those days once COVID is lifted, do you ever see the Cleveland School of Cannabis maybe working with different colleges to have a program based off of like what you're just saying that you want to create standards, but do you ever see like maybe different physical buildings of where the Cleveland School of Cannabis is, or maybe working with different colleges for that program? Yes, definitely. Um, there, there, there are talks currently going on right now. Okay. So yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and like satellite areas. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, there, 
their their talks have been are being had as we speak so yeah we definitely want to connect collaborate i mean one of the beautiful things about um the cannabis industry in general is there's a lot of collaboration like people aren't you know trying to hoard things so i mean i dr mushalem uh you know, he was the most amazing collaborator as a scientist, and he just brought cannabis scientists all together. And so I think that just everyone always is sharing. How do you grow? How do you do this? You know, what's your best thing for processing? Oh, don't do that. Try this. It works so much better. So people are, you know, we like to share and, you know, be united instead of being in our own little columns. So I think that's really a, a unique aspect to the cannabis industry. Okay. What advice do you have to new people becoming involved in the cannabis industry? Just in the industry or in the school? Let's do both. All right. So people that, I, I guess for both, just to have a goal or a vision of where you see yourself. Um, so many students come to us and they're like, I want to be in the cannabis industry, but I don't, I don't know how. And so my first starting point is, what are you bringing to the table now? What experience do you have? So you were, you know, in sales for all the last 10 years. Like, so you got to take that experience. And now how do you implement that experience with your cannabis knowledge? So you're like blending your two realms. Um, and I think that's where you're going to be most successful. When I have young students here that, you know, don't have any experience, I'm like, go work at a local garden place, go, you know, work at a pro you know, um, you know, something that's similar, like to, to processing. So just get that experience, um, grow a garden at your house, like just start dabbling, you got to just start doing, that's the most important thing, just start doing. So if you don't have a job that can correlate to the cannabis industry, go find a job that can correlate. Um, whether, you know, whatever aspect you want, if you want to be, you know, getting the cannabis cooking, well, you better start cooking. <laughs> so you got to start somewhere. And that could be, you know, starting as a, you know, busboy at one of the restaurants, you know, in downtown Cleveland, and then work your way in. So you just got to connect your, you know, your life experience with, with cannabis, like, how do you connect those two? And, and like, that's just, that's how I got here. Like I took education, cannabis, and now it's blended perfectly. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I know I'm lucky as well, but hard work also does pay off, you know. So write up your list of your game plan and just start executing. That's, I think a lot of people are afraid to, to execute. You know, you can have the greatest plan in the world, but if you don't start executing it, 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 it doesn't go anywhere. That goal just sits on the shelf. So just start executing it, even if it's the tiniest step. Um, and that might even just be writing down your list of goals. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and a goal doesn't always have to be grandiose. It could be real simple. Like I am going to pick up the phone and call, you know, and make a connection with somebody at this company. Like, that's a goal. Like, just make it that simple. I'm going to call and connect with Rise Dispensary or connect with the botanist. And that could be your goal for the week. <laughs> so it doesn't have to be, I think oftentimes we think of those grandiose goals. I'm going to, you know, own my own dispensary. Like, that's a goal that's like five years down the, the line. Mm -hmm. You got to start small. So just start, just start doing. Like, I just believe in that. Just start doing. Yeah, it's very important to start making connections and 
honestly to have that education because, you know, the other day I went to a dispensary and the bud tender didn't know how to talk to me. I was asking her like, what are the terpenes that are in this product? Because I wanted to know, because with my PTSD, if I take something that has a lot of sativa in it, it will make Mm -hmm. me very paranoid and like, I won't be able to function. And so I was trying to make sure that the products were what I was looking for. And she was saying, oh, it's the child of this parent and this parent strain. And I'm like, how does that help me? Like, that's not what I asked you. (laughs) Like, I mean, unless you're going to break it down and be like, oh, like, yeah. And then, so this has going to be, has more pining or, you know, you want to definitely go with the mercine, right? So, Mm -hmm. and stay away from terpaline. And um, so, yeah, like those are really important things. So yeah, they should know those things. And that's, Um, where I'm really excited that the Cleveland School of Cannabis is in and like the direction that you guys are going is really exciting for the future of really having a stake in every single state and like leading the way for where education can be for cannabis. And that's why I'm so excited to be part of this school. I love it. Yeah. And the other thing like I love that we do is that we offer these like free mini seminars or conferences or whatever you call it. Um, And we bring in people like you know, it's just not Cleveland School of Cannabis people. Like we bring in people that, you know, we just had the great speakers uh, from Pennsylvania that were from Keystone, uh, Canna in Pennsylvania. And they did a great job of talking about terpenes and lineage. Um, And so, you know, we're always trying to find like people that can share knowledge um, and kind of do it in a more like, you know, non-structured way, more Q&A. And that's kind of what our green hours too. So um, learning can be fun, right? We don't always have to make it real rigid and, and not fun, um, especially with a topic that so many people are so interested in. Like, let's just engage, engage, engage. And the more you understand your medicine, um, the better choices you can make. And that's another big thing that we believe in here. We have so many people here that are medical marijuana card holders or caregivers. And so they can make the best selection um, for their own personal use, as well as, you know, recording, you know, or, you know, recording what works for their patients too. And hey, oh yeah, this is the same family. This kind of worked for you, but we should probably switch over to this one and, and see what happens. Um, so I think that's too true too, like that whole message of cannabis as a medicine. It really is a legit medicine that helps a lot of people in so many different ways. Um, and just understanding that because people don't believe it. Oh, how can cannabis work for this and for this and for this? That doesn't make sense. That can't be right. So, and it's not until you try it that you really know. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's it's crazy. Yeah. The part that I'm excited for is that as it becomes legalized, we'll get more research. And I mean, a lot of research was destroyed from the 1970s, you know, Mm -hmm. so that's unfortunate, but as we, as it becomes legalized and there's more education on it, like everyone is different, you know, like cannabis affects everyone differently. And so we have the base knowledge of, okay, pinene will help with your focus. Right. So Mm -hmm. individuals though, will be, will be able to find out like their genetic makeup and really how it affects with cannabis and like how like the different terpenes affects different bodies. And that's really exciting. Just even the the cannabinoids, like Mm -hmm. the cannabinoids are so like, like canna, um, 
by chromine, like they're finding really good research for cancer, as well as like for metabolism. So the whole, you know, obesity epidemic, like cannabis could really be a game changer uh, in it as well. So, and just like that they've discovered over like 33 receptors in our endocannabinoid system and all the different cannabinoids they keep finding. Um, it's, it's just going to keep becoming more exponential. And the cancer research is really out there. Um, it's just now the U.S. government needs to go back and uh, rewrite their book that they wrote in 2017 and just show the new information. Um, and unfortunately, that's the only way our medical systems are going to really jump on board. I mean, in other countries, you literally use cannabis in the hospital. Um, and um, either it's covered under insurance or they give it to you for free. So hopefully someday soon, it's cannabis is not a cheap medicine, unfortunately. It's pretty pricey um, and there's no insurance to cover it. So that that's really one of the, the sad parts about it right now for me is that people, you know, it, you gotta pay out of pocket. Um, and so that, get, that gets expensive after a while. Do you ever see the price of cannabis dropping because it's very cheap to cultivate it, but then you have all these taxes and stuff that go yeah. on top of it? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you compare Colorado and Ohio prices, huge difference, huge difference. My son just recently moved out to Colorado and he's like, he'll be like, oh, my God, I got this for this price. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, so, yeah, it's going to be supply and demand right now in Ohio. You know, it's the demand is there and the supply is not. So, you know, that's the unfortunate part, but it's going to just keep evolving and prices dropped a lot already in Ohio, but, um, and then you got, you know, now you got Michigan and Pennsylvania. And so people have, uh, have other options, but mm -hmm. I know it's not legal to cross state borders, but, um, people so. do it anyway. Yeah. And New York too now. So New York's not that far from Ohio <laughs> and yeah. neither is Michigan. And now like we'll be surrounded by all states. <laughs> yep. Do you have any last advice for any of the listeners out there who are maybe interested or just listening? Yeah. So if you are interested in the Cleveland School of Cannabis, you can visit our website at csceducation.com or you can jump into one of our free um, mini conferences, which would also be uh on the, the website I just gave you. So that's a great way to kind of experience the Cleveland School of Cannabis without enrolling. Um, but yeah, definitely check out our website. It's really easy to navigate. And then uh, just start doing what you want to do, you know, take that step. Education does open many, many doors. I'm a big believer in education. Um, so yeah, that's always the first step, learning as much as you can and then pursuing your dreams or your goals. So go get them. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me here, to, uh, to here today, Nicole. I had a great time with you. And hopefully all of our listeners out there got the idea that the Cleveland School of Cannabis is where it's at if you want your education in cannabis. So yes, it is. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it, Lillian. Yeah, thank you so much. Have all a right. great day. Bye, Bye. listeners.